Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Good morning, good morning. How you guys doing? Good. It's good to be here this morning. I told the first service that they were going to get my experiment, and so it's going to be really bad, and so uh, I I worked on my stuff, so this is going to be really, really good, all right? We fixed all the stuff, so no, I didn't tell them that. Hey, um, two things before we get into the subject of failure. Number one is I want to thank you guys for all that you do. Sometimes it's hard when you go to this church and um, you guys live and serve in this, this church and, and this world and, and you do so much. You, you don't know what an impact you're having on the whole region. Uh, one of the privileges I have to work with um, dozens and dozens of church planters is there are so many church planters that are helped by you. And I don't know that all of you know how much Seven Run does in the community and in our region and how much you have inspired and resourced and prayed and just helped church planters along with that. And also for someone like me who moved from California to Baltimore in 2009 to start a church called Freedom, um, getting to know Dr. Drew and John Smith and so many other of you guys here and just being able to come here and seeing your role not only in our state convention, but amongst other churches, has been so cool. I got to spend some time with Ron Willoughby and get to know him, and I just know you guys are doing that. And so I want you guys to give yourself a hand for all you do. Everything you guys do here, it really matters, and it really makes an impact. Your presence here, your serving here, your prayers, the things you give, the, the, the prayer walking, and just your heart for missions and your heart for people is, is just a beautiful thing, and your, your, your leadership is, is just really moving to so many of us. I do want to invite you out to Unplugged if you have a chance to come. Um, as you know, one of your pastors will be speaking there, and, and it's a week and a half from now, and you're going to have a really, really, really good time. We are also going to have uh, Lieutenant Russell from the Baltimore City Police Department. Pastor Bill, Ben Mam- Malman will be leading a breakout with him on people and uh, police relationships. And so we're going to have a really, really, really good time. So if y'all are able to come for that, I'd love for you to come out for that. So this morning we're going to talk about a subject that is transcendent, a subject that everyone has to deal with, a subject that we believe the church should be most equipped to deal with because failure is here to stay. Amen? Amen. Yeah, three of you believe that. That's great. (laughs) For the rest of you, um, it's okay. This is a coming out party. We, this, by the way, the church is the closet. It's the one place where everyone should be able to come out. The church is the safest place on the planet. And if it's not, it needs to repent and become the safest place on the planet. Because what we believe here is that we are all sinners saved by grace. What we believe here is that we are accepted. And I love how the one man who was baptized said, they said, who's Jesus? And he said, he's my friend, right? He's my friend. I love that. And so that's what we believe. And when we talk about failure, what I believe is that the church has been given a mechanism, 
a way in which they should perceive failure, process failure, and, and then present with failure. And the reality of it is, is that many of us, when we think about failure and we experience failure, we don't always have a way, a biblical way or a gospel-centered way that we deal with the subject of failure. So that we are on uh, level terms and we understand where we're going, I have a definition of failure for you, which should be pretty simple. It's kind of third greatest, right? Failure to perform a duty or expected action. And one of the things we realize about failure is failure can be moral, it can be spiritual, it can be emotional. Failure can be a technological issue, as we spoke in the, the earlier service. You know, probably if you're tw in your 20s and, and in your teens, that one of the issues you deal with in failure the most is probably technology. Your laptop isn't working. Your Snapchat didn't go through. You didn't get your email, you know what I mean? Or things are just running slow, right? You step on a train or a bus or you're in an airplane and most people have headphones in and they're in the technology. There's nothing more frustrating than being on a flight nonstop, by the way, from California, uh, from, from BWI to California nonstop and you push pay and you pay your eight bucks for Wi-Fi and then it doesn't work. <laughs> it's like failure, epic failure. Because see, for me, uh, I don't like heights. So when I'm at 33,000 feet, um, I need to be distracted big time. Um, but we're going to talk about failure. Um, I want to speak to you as well about some aspects of failure. So one of my hopes today is that you leave here understanding that the Bible is an, an, an inerrant book. The Bible is an inspired book. The Bible is a sufficient book, an authoritative book. And contrary to what many people think, it is not relegated to the past it is a very relevant book, and it speaks about the subject of failure. And so I want to show you something else in regards to this, and that is, is where this journey started for me. So I, I, I don't say I'm a golfer. I try to golf. Golf's the hardest sport I've ever played. Um, this is a picture being 2012. We're at a tournament. We're on the second sudden death playoff hole. It's a, it's a, it's a two-team playoff. And we've weeded through over 100 teams, and it's me and my partner, and I'm standing over about a two-and-a-half-foot putt. For those of you who are golfers, a little left to right in there, you know, if you got the Vern Lundquist master's voice in there. Um, and um, if I make the putt, we go to the third playoff hole. There's hundreds of people watching over on this side. Those are the officials there and the other teams there. And um, I, I went up, and I, I, I read the putt. I actually had a good stroke, no jittery, made a good putting stroke, and the ball went straight for the hole, and at the last minute, curved a little left, and it lipped out. And there was a collective sigh of awe, and uh, especially of the one guy who bet on us, because we weren't supposed to win. If I would have made the putt and we would have won, he would have made like $5,000. Uh, true story. Well, I know I'm a pastor and a Christian, and that's not supposed to bother me because Jesus is my Savior and the whole world's great, but that royally sucked for me. <laughs> Can I just be honest? And uh, like, I like, it's like, I was like, I, and I, I, I actually started crying, and I felt like I let my partner down. It's a little bitty putt, you know, and I missed it. And then, so I went home, and I actually, I had, a, I had, like, I had like a counseling session with myself, like, Dude, you're a pastor, you're Christian, get over it. It's a dumb white ball, admits, it's no big deal. Like the world's still spinning, Jesus is still Lord, church is tomorrow, 
God is good. But I, I was like, I was fit to be tied because I, I failed. So then I, I said, you know what? I went to the Bible, and I, it's like me and the Bible had this conversation about failure. And basically what I did is I started studying the subject of failure. And I started realizing the Bible has so much to say about failure. So much to say about failure. Let me show you something else. These people, we tend to celebrate because of their successes. But if you read their actual stories, they have more failure in their lives than their successes. We know J.K. Rowling because of Harry Potter, but if you know her biography, you know of how much failure she experienced prior to that. Same thing with Abraham Lincoln. I'm an old history buff. And Michael Jordan is considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest, basketball players of all time. But you do realize he missed more shots than he ever made. We need, to, we need to get our thinking straight. And this is what God started to show me. We know that Steve Jobs is a very successful man, but he also had catastrophic moral, spiritual, emotional, and even corporate failure. Apple fired him. And even the, the, the Microsoft boss himself, tons of failure in building the company. You see, we, we tend to think this way. And then when we think about our Bibles, think about your Bible. I want you to think about your Bible. Genesis chapter 1, God creates. Genesis chapter 2, he puts man in a garden. There's a marriage ceremony. And then he's like, sweet, get busy. And then my kids hate when I do that. <laughs> From the, you remember that line in The Incredibles? Isn't that cool? He's like, and you got busy. See, we can talk about sex in church because it comes from God. But, um, but think, I want you to think about something. Genesis 1, God creates. He, he shows us how powerful he is. Genesis 2, he puts them in a garden. Genesis 3, we fail. Three chapters into the Bible, failure. Genesis chapter 4, Adam and Eve get busy. Then they have... Seth, right? I mean, not, not Seth, but Cain and Abel. And Cain kills Abel. We're four chapters into the Bible, and we have massive, catastrophic moral failure. I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was going to teach on the subject of failure. And a seminary student said to me, if you're going to preach on failure, what's your text? And I said to him, I don't know, what would your text be? And he quoted me Philippians and Ephesians, because, you know, he's in seminary. He knows everything. He's in all these texts. And he says to me, what's your text? And I handed him the Bible. <laughs> the whole Bible's my text. <laughs> because the whole Bible is full of failure and failures. But the good news is, is God enters into our failure and enters into the life of failures and seeks to redeem us and love us, and carry us, and hold us, and pray for us, and intercede for us. Now, failure has a profound impact on our psychology, so I want you to look at something here. The three most dominant emotions experienced before, during, and after failure are fear, shame, and guilt. See, when you fail, you experience a tremendous sense of fear, do you not? Because then you're like, man, I really messed up. Most of us who go to a test, if you're in school, if you've ever been there, they, uh, they, they freak you out. Uh, they say the number one fear on the planet is the fear of public speaking. Help me. 
Um, Shame is the feeling that there's something wrong with me. See, when we experience failure, we tend to think there must be something wrong with me. How come I failed? Why did I commit that sin again? There must be something chronically wrong with me. And guilt often comes as a result of moral and spiritual failure. Well, we know that the gospel is the only real solution to fear, shame, and guilt. And fear, shame, and guilt is alive and working in every single person in this room. What I'm suggesting to you is that failure is often a chief mechanism to trigger your fear, your shame, and your guilt. And God is here this morning to begin to open up this can and to get you to begin to think about this. So I want to show you how most Christians, even though they're Christians, tend to think about God. We're going to play a little short movie clip. That's cool, huh? <laughs> I never get over the, the, the guy who's just looking like. <laughs> uh, you know why I show that clip? One, because I'm a Star Wars geek. But two, more importantly, because there are a lot of people, maybe some in this room, who think that God is really Darth Vader. It sounds corny, but like that's really your theology. Your theology is really not biblical theology of God. It's not really gospel theology. You may have heard or read that there is now no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. You, you may have heard or read or celebrated a few weeks ago Easter where it's clear that Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. But there tends to be something remaining in us that thinks when I fail, God is going to go all Darth Vader on me. He's going to choke me out. He's going to utter the words that Vader said to that captain, you have failed me for the last time. But what does the Bible say? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions, what? Never fail. They never fail. Now, it's easy to read that. It's easy to put this on a bumper sticker. It's easy to go to Lifeway Bookstore and to sing songs about this, but when it says they are new every morning, great is your faithfulness, that means when you fail, this is still true. 
Now, one of the reasons sometimes people go, man, you're crazy. You're like, you're like loud and like, what's going on? The reason why is because, see, in this little noggin of mine, there's this war going on. Because sometimes I have these thoughts that like, well, God must be like everything I experience. And everything I experience fails. My dad failed me. My mom failed me. My friends failed me. My church fails me. Shoot, I fail me. My phone fails me. My president fails me. My Congress fails me. My technology fails me. My doctor fails me. My medicine fails me. My dog even fails me. I told him, don't go in that trash. He still does it. <laughs> Scientists say the sun, it's going to fail me. It's going to like blow up and suck everything in in like a billion years and we're all just going to be vaporized. I'm surrounded by failure. Therefore, God must be just as impacted by failure as everything else. Wrong his compassions never fail. God is immutable. He is not subject to failure in the same way that we are. This is called gospeling yourself. In the language of Psalm 42, talking to yourself. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Christians, it's time to think about failure in a biblical way. And the first place you start with who God is. He's not subject to failure. His compassions are there for you every morning. I want to show you something else. Sovereignty of God and failure. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about. Many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph, as many of you know this story, was the youngest of 12 kids. His brothers conspired against him. They sold him into slavery. He was basically sex trafficked. He was property. He was uh, sent down to Egypt. He spent time in prison and hard labor. He was treated bad. And in God's providence, God raised Joseph up uh, to second in command in one of the most powerful empires to ever be on the face of the earth. Meanwhile, his brothers were starving to death and they heard that there was corn in Egypt, and they come down, and voila, the guy they trafficked out, the guy who they lied to their father and said they had killed him, is now second in command. You say, what's your point? My point is this. We tend to think that failure is final. We tend to think that failure is absolute. And again, we're confronted with God's majesty and his awe-inspiring glory, which says this to us. Failure is not final. God is. God works in and through your failure and the failure of others. Think about the moral failure of Joseph's brothers. But God was able to work through all of that. And some of you are here this morning and you've experienced oppression, physical, sexual, emotional, spiritual abuse. And you're wondering, can God and is God is he able to work through that failure? Some of you are here this morning and you're struggling with addictions. You're struggling with relational issues. I like to say the church is one of the strangest places on the planet. It's one of the only places where you can come like as a married couple and you can sing, holy, 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 Lord God, I hate her. 
Oh, how I wish I wasn't Mary. I mean, holy, holy. Because, 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 listen, this is the place where the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we wonder, how sovereign is God? I mean, is God the little guy who looks French and always white and like, I don't know, shriveled up in the frame? Or is he the God of the sun? Is he the God of the killer whale and of the ant? Has he so orchestrated the billions of galaxies? Is he upholding all things by the power of his right hand? Did he raise the dead? Did he, did he raise up Moses? And did he send his only begotten son to walk on water, to die on a cross, and to save a people? If he's that God, then he can be sovereign even through our failures. The next thing I want to show you about failure is that Jesus is very acquainted with it. He walked with disciples, and look what he says to Simon. Behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I purged you for, for, for you. I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus' disposition towards failure is very merciful. Matter of fact, it was Jesus who said, I have not come to call the righteous, but what? Sinners to repentance. This is what Jesus said. And you know, Peter, I like Peter. Peter's the easiest guy in 80s lingo to bag on, right? He's the easiest guy because he's always saying stuff and putting his foot in his mouth and doing stuff, cutting people's ears off. He would be the hot temper guy. He probably would never be able to serve as an elder in our church. Some of you would come up after service, you know, Pastor Peter, I really didn't like that worship song. It wasn't really theological. Like, <laughs> then Jesus would have to put you back together, you know what I mean? Pete, man, you can't be getting a lightsaber out when someone complains about the worship song. I'll never forsake you. I'll die with you. Mr. Peter? Yes. Are you one of his? No. This is Peter. Yet what was Jesus' heart towards Peter? I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. We have a very gracious high priest who understands that we are flesh and that we often fail. Look at what the gospel says, though. If you think about this, next slide here. Whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become all accountable for all of it. See, what we believe is that the gospel starts with who God is, and God is holy, and he's perfect. And the gospel says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so that makes us failures. Christians actually run to get first in line to say with Paul, I'm the chief of all sinners, because they know that Christ has come for failures. He has come to receive us. And it was Jesus who said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. My brothers and my sisters, churches have run. You have a great God whose arms are wide open to failures. Do not let our culture that is so profoundly enmeshed in shame that, 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 that when we fail, we, we have someone who fails and then there, it goes viral. Their failure goes viral. Many of you are afraid to come out of your closets and confess your failure and confess your sin and confess your addictions and confess all of the stuff that has you enslaved because you're afraid. 
Today is the day that God has sent a guy born in 1968, a guy who at 18 years old was on a beach plotting to kill himself. I shouldn't be here. A guy who was told by his high school girlfriend's mother, you are the best guy she's ever brought home. You're probably the best guy she will ever bring home, but you're black. God can work in and through failure. And I don't believe it's an accident that I'm here today speaking to you about failure. Statistics say that in a room this large, with a guy with my past, we're not, talk, we're not supposed to talk about suicide in the church. We talk about suicide in the church. People who go to church kill themselves because failure is no respecter of boundaries or persons. Today, you have an awesome opportunity, having heard some information, having read some scriptures, to respond to the failure in your life by coming to the cross the equal ground for all of our failures and, and, and coming to Jesus who accepts us as failures and coming to God and, and, and no more games and saying, God, these are the failures in my life. These are the failures that are, de- that, that, are, that, are, that are dealing with me. Here's my fear. Here's my shame. Here's my guilt. We welcome you to come to Jesus this morning. Jesus Christ is the only real solution to our failure. This is God's prescription to all human failure. Come to him. He said, anyone who comes to me, I will not cast them out. So come to Christ this morning and may you leave here believing that God is final and failure isn't. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your kindness and your goodness. Thank you for a fresh perspective on the subject of failure. And God, I just want to ask, especially you, Holy Spirit, that you would move in the lives of people right now. God, we thank you that we're able to respond. Thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.